Hello, I am Manuela Bonanno from Columbia University and today we are sitting with uh, Sunjipon Kungachan. Um, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Um, please introduce yourself, tell us where you are from, where do you work and uh, please go ahead. So my name is uh, Sunjipon Kungachan. I work at Brigham and Women's Hospital. I'm also affiliated with the Dana Farber Cancer Institute and Harvard Medical School. I work on um, cancer nanoparticles for radiation therapy. So my work specifically focuses on using um, nanoparticles to target different structures within the cancer and to induce a specific damage within the tumors. Do you have a specific tumor that you want to target or it's like a broad range of solid tumors? So the strategy that we use to, to disrupt the, the tumor vasculature using these nanoparticles can be broadly applied to, to different solid tumors, but we are specifically working on pancreatic and lung models as of now. But um, this is like the preclinical stage and we are looking at uh, the possibilities to do this in different tumor models in the future. I see. So how your work started? I mean, what, where I think the first questions are, let's characterize the nanoparticles, right? So um, my background is in um, drug delivery, mm -hmm. and I used to work with nanoparticles for drug delivery applications. Um, but nanoparticles have this potential where we can attach a specific ligand to it and target them to different structures within the, the cancer, maybe to the vasculature or the, to the tumor cells or some other specific structures. So when I ended up in the radiation field, um, um, I worked with Dr. Ross Perbico, we had this great idea that why not we use nanoparticles and have a specific ligand attached to it with which it can go and bind to the tumor vasculature. And then when we expose that to radiation, it might damage the vasculature specifically. And this damage to the vasculature, in fact, can give a much more effective outcome than specifically um, targeting the cells because uh, blood supply gives multitude of cells the nutrients and if we can shut down this vascular supply, we might be able to improve the radiation outcome. So please tell me more about the tumor vasculature and how different it is from like normal, normal uh, vasculature. So how you can target specifically uh, the tumor one. So the tumor vasculature is highly angiogenic. Um, after like few millimeters of initial growth, they turn out to be like a, a, a big, um, a flourishment of the vasculature, which can um, which give rise to highly angiogenic receptors, which are overexpressed on the tumor endothelial walls. And uh, these receptors are, are very useful when it comes to targeting. We can use uh, specific targets. In our case, we used uh, something called RGD, which is a peptide which can bind to alpha B, alpha V beta three integrin receptors, which are highly overexpressed in the, in the tumor. angiogenic tumor blood vessels, but not overexpressed or or not so much expressed in other healthy tissues, uh, which makes it different. And we can exploit basically that property of the tumor to specifically use these nanoparticles, target them to the vasculature, and use radiation to damage the vasculature. So um, the, the scientific rationale is there. How did you set up your experiments to prove that you could actually target specifically that particular tumor? So what we did is um, we chose um, a metallic nanoparticle which has high radiation properties. And gold is, 
gold nanoparticle uh, because gold has a high Z property and it has it it can elect, it can eject high energy photoelectrons when exposed to radiation, and it has a decent biocompatibility. It's not going to be too much toxic, and um, because of these properties, we took gold and we tried to um, characterize them, look look for their specific size because size is critical when it comes to in vivo targeting. Higher or bigger sizes can result in high macrophage uptake and um, deposit them in uh, liver and spleen, which is something which we don't really want. So we make sure that we, these are really small-sized nanoparticles. Which size are you talking um, so about? So this is like five nanometer, less than five nanometer. But we also conjugate them something called PEG, which is polyethylene glycol, just to make sure that they circulate longer. So the PEG molecule on the nanoparticles gives them high hydrophilicity. Mm -hmm because of which it can circulate for a longer time. And then we attach with the, the peptide, which is RGD, um, and make sure that these, are, uh, these can target the, the vasculature. So the first step would be injecting them in vivo, testing their ability to bind to, to endothelial cells. We also did that with in vitro, taking uh, endothelial cells in the culture and try to use these nanoparticles and see if they can bind to. And what did you find? Uh, we found that um, these can bind to endothelial cells. Also, from my previous research, we did um, use polymers, which has RGD, and it could bind to the endothelial cells. And we use an imaging agent so that we can see that mm -hmm. it binds to the tumor endothelial cells. So with gold nanoparticle, we also tried that, and we could find that we could see these gold nanoparticles across the tumor vasculature when we did confocal microscopy. I see. So you say that this was um, work that you did in vitro. So now you have expanded this yes, work? Yes, so we also uh, performed some in vivo experiments. Which model? In pancreatic cancer models. Because um, using a mouse uh, model? Yes, uh, using a mouse uh, sub-Q tumor inoculated pancreatic tumor model. Uh, we tried to inject these nanoparticles into them, and um, we looked specifically if gold nanoparticles are binding to the tumor vasculature. And, um, if it is also accumulating in other vital organs other besides organs. the tumor, mm -hmm. uh, and we try to uh, do radiation on them mm -hmm. to, to specifically damage this vasculature. And uh, we use some. Once the nanoparticles localize there, then you do irradiate. Exactly. Which kind of radiation you use? So we used to, to start with, we used the preclinical beams at 220 kV because it was much easier to implement. And um, we, we wanted to make sure, like, if it works mm -hmm. uh, with the preclinical beam. So um, we used the stereotactic setup where we specifically target the tumor. So much of the other organs are not affected, and we had high dose distribution within the tumor. And uh, these nanoparticles um, get activated um, after the radiation, and we, we have to investigate whether these vasculatures are ruptured or not. Mm -hmm. So we, we tried to look at um, the, the vasculature by injecting um, um, a dye called FITSI, which is bound to dextran. And um, this can circulate through the vessels. Mm -hmm. And if there is a leakage in the, in the uh, vessels because of the rupture, the fixed dextran might leak out. Mm -hmm. And we found that for the, for the ones we treated with nanoparticles and radiation therapy, there was quite an extensive rupture in the tumor vasculature at different spots. And we could observe the leakage of fixed dextran through these vasculature. I see. That's interesting. Well, you were saying that uh, the nanoparticles, they do localize in a let's say, good amount uh, in the tumor. Um, but you also say that there is uh, an accumulation in other organs. What are the preferred organs and what's the percentage 
of uh, nanoparticles that go to the other organs. Uh, because we used nanoparticles, which is, like I said in the beginning, these are pegylated, mm -hmm. and they are, they are largely hydrophilic, uh, we, expect, we expected high accumulation in the tumor and less accumulation in other organs. When we talk about other organs, primarily it's liver, spleen, mm -hmm. which are notorious for metallic nanoparticles because they, the macrophages just absorb them, get them to the spleen and the, and the liver. Um, because we had PEG, uh, we saw decent accumulation of the tumor. When I say decent, it should be like 8 to 9 percentage of the total injected dose, mm -hmm. which is much better than all the small molecules that we use, which goes like 1 to 2 percentage of the total injected dose. We had quite some accumulation, I would say 10 percent plus accumulation in the liver. But recent studies uh, show that these particles which accumulate in the liver gets eventually cleared out from the liver. By How the, long it, does it take? Um, the, the clearance from the liver might take a little bit of time because it has, it has a multi-stage clearance where the element degrades and is taken by the hepatobiliary pathway, uh, which, is the case with mo with, with, which is the case with most of the metals. Um, but it doesn't cause, a, as of now, we found that it doesn't cause a toxicity effect in the, in the liver, although it's accumulating in, in higher amounts. But one of the challenges and one of the main goals of a nano metallic particles is that we have to find a way to minimize the accumulation in off-target organs and maximize the accumulation in the tumor, uh, which I think is a general challenge for all metallic nanoparticles. Right. Because even if you think of making them more uh, biocompatible, uh, but then they would be more biocompatible or might uh, be biodegradable right. in the tumor itself. That right. It's something that you don't want. You right. want to keep the right. nanoparticles there to be more effective. Um, what other endpoints you're looking at? If you think about, do, do you look at, I don't know, survival of the mice yes. or do you check for other organ uh, response? So, so yeah, that's the, the second part of my work. Uh, so my first part of my work was to prove that this concept works, like it can induce a specific damage, which is actually cool because um, nanoparticles have this ability that we can modulate and we can specifically use. We cannot do that with a, people do it with a chemosensitizing agent or chemosensitizer for damaging the vasculature, but the, the problem is it can also affect other structures besides the tumor. And it is not specific for the tumor itself because it doesn't have a ligand which is specific for the tumor. So um, what we are trying to um, look at is that um, once we make sure that there's a vascular damage, and if there is an intense vascular damage, this should, it should also benefit the survival. So we try to look with the preclinical and the clinical beam to see if there is a regression in the tumor size. And secondly, if it can prolong the, uh, the survival. So um, interestingly, um, with both uh, preclinical and the clinical beams, we saw that um, the, the, the tumor size goes drastically down, um, which when I say that, uh, it's almost like in 40 to 50% of the, the total cohort, we saw that there's complete uh, tumor curing. Like, How long after? Um, it's almost um, one month, and the study is still ongoing, um, but we already saw like in, in 40 percent, there's complete, complete tumor curing, and the rest of them have a shrinkage. Mm -hmm. So it is pretty optimizing, like. Um, it's very promising. And, and very promising yeah. in, this, in the sense that it can induce a very high therapeutic effect. Mm -hmm. um, I was curious about um, 
Well, I guess the first uh, um, uh, experiments are delivering like one dose. Uh, I mean, let's say one fraction. Uh, is there a rationale for using um, more fractions of radiation? Because the nanoparticles, as far as I understood, uh, they will still be at the side for a little bit of time. So does it make any sense eventually to think about, about fractionation or? Yes, uh, so fractionated dosing um, is a possibility. But right now we use 10 gray. I'm sorry I didn't mention that before. Okay. I use 10 gray to radiate the tumors. So this single high dose, so one of the ideas we try to look at is to use a high dose in the beginning and do like a single dose therapy. But if we can reduce the dose and do a, a fractionated dosing, then probably we could, and we, still we can see a vascular disruption, we might use them to do like sequential um, damage because as you said, the nanoparticles would stay in the tumor, but we, don't, we are not yet sure if they are close to the vasculature or the particles will be endocytosed and exocytosed. But this is something which we have to investigate in the to future. Yeah, so you said you use uh, this one shot of 10 gray. Um, what's the dose rate or in how long the 10 gray are delivered? Is an acute? Right, so um, we used a, a 10 gray for a shorter duration uh, with the stereotactic, with the SAR platform. I see. Um, which definitely doesn't, uh, it's an orthogonal beam, so it's just shooting on the tumor. And we look for the damage 24 hour post irradiation. So we wait for 24 hours to make sure that the vasculature is more imminent. And then we inject the Fitzy dextra and dye see. to see if we can see the, the leakage of Fitzy dextra and out of the tumor. That's interesting. Um, anything else you want to, to talk about? Um, any other results or the future plans for this project, which is going extremely well from in vitro work expanding to in vivo? Right, so one of the challenges in, in tumor vascular disruption is that we see um, hypoxic involvement at later stages of the therapy. Although the tumor size are going really down, what those enough arguments that it might generate hypoxia, which is rational because anytime we have to do anything with the vasculature and we shut down the blood supply, we will see some hypoxia. And this could be a major challenge. It might cause resistance to future radiation therapies. So one of the projects ongoing in our lab is to understand how we can overcome hypoxia um, and how we can make sure that hypoxia doesn't really occur and affect the subsequent therapies. And um, also from the radiation, um, the ongoing conference, we heard multiple lectures on hypoxia involvement, and there are several strategies which people are trying to understand, um, especially um, one of the lecturers was talking about um, how the, the tumor infiltration of macrophages and other leukocytes which make them more resistant to, to radiation. So that might be one of the prom promising uh, things to look at, how we can prevent this tumor infiltration of these inflammatory components. Uh, and to make sure that there's no infiltration, or if there is an infiltration, can we uh, use some drugs to remove them off and make them sensitized to radiation therapy. That's also something which we are working on, and the work is on progress as, as of now. That's awesome. So I really look forward to read more about uh, you know, your progress and uh, these new uh, advances about uh, using nano, nano particles to for therapeutic uh, gains. 
Um, so thank you very much for your time. Thank you for being here. And uh, good luck for your research. Sure. Thank you so much for hosting me. And I thank the Radiation Research for giving me this opportunity to present my work at this conference. <laughs>